morning. It is Friday, August 20th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today is the last Friday for the entire year that I will not, or someone will not, be previewing a weekend slate of college football here on this podcast. That is very exciting, but so is today's episode. We're talking about the 2021 preseason true freshman All-American team with recent hire Cooper Patagna, who's a 24-7 sports recruiting analyst, has worked in the recruiting operations of Oregon, Washington, Michigan. LSU graduate knows a ton about football. This is his first time doing this story. This article, this piece used to be in the realm of Barton Simmons. Barton's obviously at Vanderbilt now as their general manager. So we handed the baton to Cooper and Barton. If you're listening, Cooper got his story in days ahead of the deadline. So props to Cooper. Once we talk to Cooper, we're also going to toss over to Billy Embody, SMU analyst for 24-7 Sports, because the quarterback on our preseason true freshman All-American team is Preston Stone, an SMU Mustang. We chose him over Kyle McCord at Ohio State, Ty Thompson at Oregon, guys at, at Washington and, and other schools, and went with SMU. Uh, the interesting situation there, we had all assumed Tanner Mordecai would win that job, and maybe he does, but it seems like Preston Stone is going to play. And then just a few words of, I guess, housekeeping here. This is a true freshman preseason All-American team. This is our guess at who is going to have an impact this year. This is not the best in, the freshman. This is, or else you'd see guys like JT Tuimolo or Quinn Ewers on the list. So this is the impact team. Who do we think is going to be on, pre, on December's postseason team? And then the COVID freebie year, I guess, confused few people potentially this is strictly true freshman class of 2021 true freshman that's it no redshirt freshman no freebie covid year no nothing and then one other note i put cooper on the spot when we were talking about xavier worthy and i asked him about jalen waddle's 100 meter time and we kind of weren't sure took a few guesses it's uh, we found some some 10 10 8 four times found a 10 6 um so that'll make a little bit more sense when you listen to our discussion about xavier worthy who i personally really enjoyed talking about so let's listen to cooper patagna and run through a few of his top impact freshmen on the preseason true freshman all-american list bringing in cooper patagna right now cooper thanks for joining us this was your first sort of big project for 24-7 sports on the non-recruiting side, I feel like. And this was something that Barton Simmons has done since really the beginning of 24-7. So we uh, we handed the baton to you and you did a great job. What sort of big picture takeaways did you have in trying to come up with this preseason true freshman All-American team? I appreciate you having me, Trey. Yeah, it, it, it's always tough, especially obviously being able to project these guys to the next level and the impact that they're going to have day one. But um, it was good. I certainly liked it. Obviously, I think our, our biggest takeaway is we want guys who are going to be on this list that have uh, an opportunity to make an impact early. So even if they have the ability to come in and make an impact day one, that's all really going to decide what program they are. So I think that was the biggest takeaway. Obviously, some of the decisions that we made were a little bit more dependent on who could see the field a little bit earlier. But other than that, it's 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 a great exercise. It's a great exercise for me. It's a really good opportunity for me to kind of scan the country and kind of see who looks like what uh, in terms of different position rooms, depth chart wise, uh, and which of these guys are, are really going to have an opportunity to come out day one uh, and make a clear impact for their for their new program. 
yeah, the, the team is up shortly, if not immediately on 247sports.com. So go check it out. We're not going to talk about everybody. I've got a little episode with Billy Embody at the end of this talking about the quarterback Preston Stone for SMU. I'm fascinated by the running back situation here. Trevion Henderson at Ohio State and Donovan Edwards at Michigan. It's such a good year for running backs that a guy getting a ton of buzz like Will Shipley at Clemson is not on the list. Cooper, you highlighted Xavier Worthy of Texas as someone you wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about. This is a former Michigan signee who got out of his LOI. For a team that's still trying to figure out a quarterback and that does not have many receivers, I can tell you firsthand, Texas fans are banking on this guy to be a dude from pretty much week one. Yeah, and that's going to be tough to, to live up to. I think with him, though, to be excited, the, obviously the one thing, and I, and I mentioned this in the article, the intrigue with him is, is really his speed. You know, 10 5, 500 meter coming out of Fresno and in, in, in Central High School in California. Um, but this is a guy who will be able to impact any offense that he steps into really because of his speed. Uh, and that's what he did so well at the high school level, really a dynamic player, great run after catch option for Texas. And I think what makes you comfortable uh, about Xavier Worthy uh, is his fit in the Texas uh, offense with Steve Sarkeesian. Coach Sarkeesian obviously has a great track record of being able to develop uh, these types of players, certainly did at, at Alabama. And, you know, I look for Xavier Worthy, one of those guys, he's just going to be a really hard guy to keep off the field. I know he's kind of had, you know, some, I, I guess, a little bit of medical attention uh, yeah. here in the last couple of weeks in, in Austin. So that's something to keep a, keep an eye on for him. But definitely a guy who's dynamic with the ball in his hands. And I look for Steve Sarkeesian to find a way to get him involved early. Would you put that 100-meter time in like context for us? I sometimes even struggle with like, okay, that's I know that's fast, but like how fast? It's not That's not Henry Ruggs fast. And I know that's, you know, the, we always talk about the 40 for Ruggs. But like, is that Jalen Waddle fast using the Steve Sarkeesian? comps yeah I, I would have to go back and and take a look at what Jalen ran I think Jalen was probably in the 10-3 category okay and uh, four category uh I could be wrong there but it is fast I think once yeah. once you get under really the 10-800 meter time I think what you're really looking for when you turn on the tape is that speed to reflect play speed on the field and Xavier Worthy is obviously a guy that reflects that a long strider uh you can kind of see that track speed make its way onto the football field but anything under 10, 8, 10, 7, even before you turn on the tape, that, that's going to get your eyebrows raised a little bit. Fast, fast. I'll go back and find those, those Bama times. I'll, I'll mention those in the intro for us. Cooper, Troy Franklin at Oregon, a number 41 player in the 24-7 sports composite. You've got a lot of Oregon experience. You've got a few ducks on this list. Tell me why we should be watching Franklin. And hey, I mean, they play Ohio State in week two, and that's not a great Ohio State secondary. So I think this Franklin could be someone who jumps onto our radar almost immediately yeah sure you know troy was obviously one of the prized possessions of coach Cristobal's class last year at oregon and obviously i was there during that time and uh, that was a must get for a lot of different reasons uh, obviously him coming from uh, the northern california area but another dynamic player and actually pretty similar to xavier worthy uh, no track times on troy but another dynamic straight line guy that can affect the game day one and i think it's really important when you take a look at Oregon's receiving group, which is a very seasoned group, veteran group coming back between Micah Pittman, Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, Devin Williams. One thing they're kind of missing in that offense is a guy who can really stretch the field. So I think Troy Franklin fits right into that. Oregon, obviously, they need to get back 
to being an explosive offense through the air. I think Troy is is one of those guys who's pretty unique. I think both of these guys, Xavier Worthy from and, and Troy Franklin, from a, if there's one thing that maybe you're a little concerned about from day one, it's going to be their frame. Both of those guys are pretty slight. Um, the good thing for Troy is he got to campus early at Oregon, and hopefully he's been able to, to put on some weight to be day one ready, week one ready. But um, both of these guys are going to be able to impact opposing defenses from what they can do and their ability to stretch the field. Jump into the defensive side of the football. You have Mason Smith, LSU defensive lineman, number 20, a recruit, number five defensive lineman. You write that as far as LSU returning to form defensively, the Tigers need their defensive line to return to the standard of play that fans in Baton Rouge are accustomed to. Uh, this guy, I'm, I'm jogging my memory. I mean, LSU, we, we, we know they've had an absolute ton of NFL draft guys on the defensive front. Um, tell me why you think he could project to be one of the next for them. Yeah, I think he's a he's a day one ready guy. I mean, you look at the combination of, of size and athleticism for him. He fits the mold of what LSU's had there in the past. An interior guy who can play the run and rush the passer equally as well. Those guys are really hard to find, but he's a little bit of a unicorn, you know. And I think obviously for Ed Orgeron, being a defensive line coach uh, and, and Mason Smith, being a guy, a Louisiana native, it was really critical to keep him at home. And obviously LSU's last year, it was just, if, if you look back at it in the Bo Pelini era, uh, the defense was obviously the, the area uh, of the team that they needed to improve. And, and that starts with stopping the run and rushing the passer. So I think Mason Smith will certainly find his way in the rotation. I would expect him to obviously get some spot starting time at some point this year, if not take over full time. Uh, the reviews of him have been very, very good out of Baton Rouge with the people that I've talked to. And um, that certainly reflects what he's put on tape. So I'm excited to see him. I think LSU has a little bit of a, excuse me, they do have a veteran presence on that defensive line, but this is definitely a guy that it's going to be hard to keep off the field. We're going fast and I'm just teeing you up. Junior Colson's a name I remember. He's from the Nashville area. That's where I live. He's at Michigan now, number 90 recruit, number 10 linebacker. You write that if you're a Michigan fan and you're not acquainted with his name, get used to hearing it. What sort of linebacker is this? And I know Michigan's defense is going to look pretty different with, with Don Brown out, and they're going to you know try to do an, an NFL-style uh, attack. And it feels like after years of you know Michigan rolling out defensive players into the NFL draft, I can really close my eyes and, and off the top of my head just name two and Aiden Hutchinson and Daxton Hill uh, on that Michigan defense. So it seems like there's, they're going to be looking for a new identity, and I, I would imagine Junior Colson fits in there long-term. Yeah, I think with, with Colson is a guy that has a lot of position versatility. He played a little bit off the edge in high school. Um, obviously, he's going to play off ball as a, as a weak side linebacker as well. That's where Michigan has him slotted. And I think he's just going to be a really difficult guy not to play early the way he plays. He's very advanced in terms of his play speed and playing fast and being able to process very good key and diagnose ability. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything. He's a modern day NFL linebacker. You can drop him in coverage. You can blitz him. Uh, and he can play the run. So he's he's extremely physical. And I say that, and it's another guy, and Michigan's pretty stout there in terms of what they have at the linebacker position, but definitely on special teams as well. Uh, they're not afraid. Uh, Jay Harbaugh, special teams coordinator, not afraid to, to play those young guys early. He will certainly see the field there. But I just think he's an upgrade in terms of what you're looking for out of that position in terms of the size prototype, along with the athleticism and his ability to, to play freely and fluidly and play sideline to sideline. There's a lot to like about Junior Carlson. Ole Miss is desperate for defensive help this year. I, I spoke to David Johnson, our Ole Miss reporter, last week, and he was telling me that their top recruit, Taiwan Malone, you know, he's coming along. He's coming along, but I don't know if he's there yet. 
for day one. You've got though Taishim Johnson, a safety uh, athlete safety recruit that they signed out of Philadelphia as being a guy who were slotting in at the nickel position and has to help a defense get better. There's only, you know, there's nowhere to go, but up, but they got to get substantially better if they're going to compete in the sec West legitimately. Sure. And uh, you know, this was a recruitment led by Chris Partridge, who's obviously from that New Jersey area and has a lot of ties to the Northeast. But Tashim Johnson was certainly a guy that uh, he wanted to get down to Oxford and he did a great job of doing that. Now, I think the biggest thing with him is I talked about it with Junior Colson, but position versatility, you started to hear that a lot. Uh, especially with me, but the more that you can do. And this was a guy that was a three-phase player coming from Pennsylvania and did a little bit of everything in high school. So not only as a return man, but in the secondary, and then on the offensive side of offensive side of the ball as well. So I think for Ole Miss, like you said, obviously it can't get any worse from where they were a year ago defensively. I think this is going to be a guy that offers them a lot of value in what he can do, his ability to play the run. He's got some instincts underneath in the short to intermediate part of the field. I think the one thing with him will just be his size a little bit and look for teams to, to try to exploit that. But he's a gamer uh, and certainly excited to see him. I know we mentioned Jalen Waddle earlier because we were talking Steve Sarkeesian and, and who he's got to throw to now at Texas. I'm getting I'm getting Jalen Waddle vibes though, Cooper, with JoJo Earl, new Alabama player. You've got him on as a returner here on our team. Uh, Jalen was from Texas. Jojo Earl was from Texas. Some people thought during the recruiting process, Waddle was going to be a Texas A&M Aggie. Jojo Earl was committed to LSU. This guy could be could be a, a household name in a few years, right? Yeah. I and, and look, I love Jojo Earl. I don't know if there's one player that I was more infatuated in the recruiting process with last year during my time in Oregon than JoJo Earl. Just truly dynamic, did a lot of things at Alito, obviously played the quarterback position for those guys. You could split them out. His home will be in the slot next year. You know, we'll, we'll wait and see whether or not he's going to make an impact as a receiver next year. But the earlier that the Crimson Tide can find a way to put the ball in his hands, the better. He's just truly a dynamic player, very elusive. They move different. I think Jalen Waddle, in terms of comparisons to him, he's kind of a more of a one-cut runner, north-south type of player and a very good route runner, where I think JoJo is a little bit more uh, elusive in the open field. But super, super excited about JoJo Earl and excited to see what he can do. Uh, in Tuscaloosa this fall. Go check out the full list, full article on 24-7 Sports. Cooper, we'll have you on before before December, but we'll see, have to see how you did in December with your uh, with your postseason true freshman All-American team. That's the one that really counts. This is a great attempt at, at taking a stab at the true freshman we all need to have our eye on this fall. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Trey. Good stuff from Cooper Patagna. Excited about the addition of him to the 24-7 sports team. Now let's go to a 24-7 sports veteran, Billy Embody. Young guy, veteran now, been there for a while. Covers SMU, covers LSU. Might cover Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns as well. Uh, he's an SMU grad, perfect guy to talk to about Preston Stone. Bringing in Billy Embody right now to talk about one of my favorite things in life, and that's SMU quarterbacks, whether it's Shane Bouchel or Garrett Gilbert. Billy, when Cooper Patagna told me that Preston Stone was going to be the quarterback on the preseason true freshman All-American team. I was a little surprised because there are a ton of national jobs up for competition, right? You've got Ohio State, you've got Michigan, you've got Oregon, you've got Washington. But he said he talked to you about this and Preston Stone could beat out Tanner Mordecai or if he you know doesn't beat him out immediately, he could he could be the guy by the end of the year. Right. I do think that. I mean, the the way Preston Stone's looked in fall camp, he's looked like a veteran. He's got a swagger to him. The guys really react well to him. And I know those are all things that 
aren't about play on the field, so to speak, but he's backed that up. You know, he's shown the creativity that he showed in high school on the field. He extends plays. He makes big plays. He's got a good grasp of the offense. He has freshman moments at times. And, you know, at times with SMU's practice and the way they do it, we don't always see him with the ones or the twos or however they do it. They rotate guys in. And so he's not always in there with the best of the best going against the best of the best, but he makes plays. He makes people around him better. And so, you know, this quarterback competition is stretched on for a little bit now. And in large part because of the job Preston Stone's done pushing Tanner Mordecai. And I think with the season upcoming, if they don't get the big play, they don't get the mobility from Tanner Mordecai that he's shown at times so far in camp, they're not going to be afraid to turn to Preston Stone because he's shown in practice that he can lead this team and put it all together so far. I would also say the the AC the AAC is loaded this year, Billy, and I, I love SMU's offense. We were talking about that, all the skill talent they have, but it's a loaded conference. And if, if they're not, I can see a scenario here in which you said, like, if after four or five weeks, Tanner Mordecai is fine, but he's not winning you a conference title, and you can go ahead and unleash the true freshman, like, you got to do that. Exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to. Sonny Dykes and his staff know what they have with this skill position group. Danny Gray, Rasheed Rice, Reggie Robertson, if he's healthy, he was one of, I think, three wide receivers averaging 100 yards a game last year when he went down with an injury. And then Jordan Curley and Arizona State transfers looked the part. Grant Calcaterra, the Oklahoma tight end transfer, has looked like his old self. They've got a stable of running backs and a freshman All-American and Ulysses Bentley and North Texas transfer Trey Siggers. They've got weapons all over the place and they've got a veteran an offensive line. So Preston Stone takes that offense and pushes it over the top. That's why I don't think it's too far off to see him playing a lot as a true freshman for SMU, not redshirting, continuing to push Tanner Mordecai. He's got the right right mindset to it. And and I think even if he isn't named the starter week one, he's not going to let up. That's just not how he's wired. And if Tanner Mordecai doesn't bring that kind of next level playmaking to the offense, uh, they're going to look to Preston Stone to maybe give it a shot in the arm. Back up for our last question, just to give everyone a perfect scope of this. Preston Stone is the highest ranked signee in the history of SMU, at number 111 in the 24-7 sports composite. Burst onto the scene young and early, got a lot of Johnny Manziel comparisons. You mentioned the style of play. What did it mean for SMU to land him? And what do you think he, his ceiling is as far as like what he can bring this program up to be? One, I think the the ceiling is conference championship for SMU and, you know, down the line with the college football playoff potentially expanding, that would mean a college football playoff playoff appearance uh, based on how the AAC has done putting their conference champion into that top 12. So that's where it could be. There's been a lot of doubters, people, you know, quite frankly, whether it's recruiting analysts, you know, even people within the program can Preston Stone make the transition from his high school to SMU. And he's done that so far. And I'm really impressed with the way he's carried himself. And that's why I think they're going to end up hitting on Preston Stone. Sonny Dykes has the right plan to develop him. He's dealt with true freshmen before he started Jared Goff at Cal uh, and he enrolled Mm -hmm. early. So he's been through a similar process. I just feel like looking back on it now, when they got him, it cleared the way for a lot of his class He was the number two commitment in the class. So he uh, followed Isaiah Kelly, who was the first commitment. And when he committed, it opened the doors for a lot of these other players, especially in the Dallas area, to stay home. And now we're seeing them even build off that with four stars like uh, Jordan Hudson and Chase Biddle committing in the 2022 class. So Preston Stone coming to SMU has really been everything they'd hoped it'd be. Yeah, and Billy, remember, he committed at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. I'd never seen a junior commit there. 
but because of the pandemic, he's the most, he's the only kid in 2021 who got to do it. Billy and Marty, thanks for joining us. Anytime, Trey. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Cooper. Thanks to Billy. Appreciate our producer, Lance Glenn, putting this thing together. We will be back on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.